popular. Amen. Uh, and you know, it kind of goes along with what God gave me for you today. Uh, I had, I was hoping he'd let me use a repeat. You know, if you don't preach every Sunday, you get these messages and you say, hey, I can pull it out. You know, and I'm good to go, right? He don't let me. He don't let me. Uh, sometimes he does, but he don't let me often. So today I have for you something entitled, When All Hope Is Gone. I say it kind of goes along with that song, doesn't it? When All Hope Is Gone. How many of y'all feel like after having been through this tumultuous uh, election cycle that all hope is gone. Don't you feel that way sometimes? I do. Uh, sometimes I feel like, you know, the world is getting worse and worse. When the wrong is right, yeah. right is wrong. That's right. Don't you feel Amen. that way? Yep. When right is wrong and wrong is right. Yep. Um, when uh, it just, it, it really, it, it's one of those things where, um, we just say, Lord, come today. Amen. Don't you think so? Yeah. I mean, just come today. And let's just finish it. Because I just don't know about tomorrow. Right. When all hope is gone. But you know what? God gives us in his word something for us every day. Yeah. And uh, he gave us something here that uh, we're going to talk about. If you would turn to Acts chapter 27. Paul had a situation when all hope was gone. All hope was gone. We're going to read um, in Acts 27, verses 9 through 25, and our focus will not necessarily be on that, but I just want to set the stage for uh, what God has given me to give you today. Acts chapter 27. This is uh, a time when uh, Paul was on, um, he had already appealed, he'd been in prison for about two years. And uh, he realized that they weren't going to do anything with him and just keep him hanging around. And so he appealed to Caesar to go to Rome. Paul had felt that Rome was where God wanted him to go and to preach in Rome, and this is the way. You know, sometimes God gives us a way, it's not the way that we want to go. That's right. Because I assure you, Paul didn't want to go on a prison ship to Rome. That was not the way he wanted to get there. You see? God had a boat prepared for him. He just happened to be a prison boat. So uh, we're going to read in Acts chapter 27, beginning with verse 9. And now when much time was spent and when sailing was now dangerous because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them and said to them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of landing and ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. And because the haven was not commodious to winter in, the more part advised to depart thence also. If by any means they might attain to Phoenix, that's actually what it should be, and there to winter, which is the haven of Crete, and lies towards the southwest and northwest. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing they had attained their purpose, loosened thence, they sailed close to Crete. But not long after there arose against a tumultuous wind called an Ecrotrinum, which, by the way, is simply a nor'easter. It's a, one of the worst nor'easters you could have. That was their current for. Uh, and when the ship was caught and could not bear up in the wind, we let her drive. And running under a certain island, which is called Claudia, we had much work to come by the boat, which, when they had taken up, they used pelts undergirding the ship 
and fearing lest they should fall into quicksand, straight sail, and so were driven. And we being simply talked with a tempest the next day, they lightened the ship. And the third day we cast out our own hands with tackle into the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. But after long absence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sir, you should hearken unto me and not have loosed from Crete to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man life among you but in the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, <coughs> saying, Fear not, Paul, thou hast been brought before Caesar, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given them, thee all of them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sir, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it is told to thee. Let's pray. Lord, I pray right now that you help me use these words from your servant Paul as he had all hope was gone. These men had all hope was gone, but Paul could see and Paul could convene and Paul knew who his hope lied in. And therefore he shared it with others. Help us, Lord, to understand the truth, the help, the hope that we have. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So there's some important truth I want you to get out of this passage of scripture today. First of all, we find Paul in a tough situation. It was tough. The storm was raging. The captain and the crew already were sure, um, uh, aren't really sure where they're at. They couldn't see. They couldn't see by day or by night. It was so dark. The storm was so much they could not see anything. It was just a. It was. Remember, they didn't have flashlights and batteries. You know I mean, they had candles and oil lamps. And I imagine they were blowing in the breeze pretty hard. The ship was breaking up. The food was running low. They had already thrown their cargo overboard. And the soldiers on the ship wanted to kill the prisoners. Man, all hope was gone. Needless to say, things were getting desperate. Fear was running wild. Hope was diminishing every minute as time passed by. And Paul wrote these words in verse, 15, verse 20. All hope that we should be saved was then taken away. And all hope was gone. I want us to look at a few things today. What is hope? What is the basis of hope? What are some hope stealers? What the cause of the storm is? And what hope does. So first of all, what is hope? Hope is the expectation that everything is going to be alright, isn't it? Hope is, it, we hope that thing, we think everything will be alright. We hope that is, right? People say, uh, you know, it's going to be a good day. You say, well, I hope so. Don't you use that phrase a lot? People say, yeah, well, I hope so. Everything will work out. Well, I hope so. You'll keep your job. I hope so. We're going to stay away from the, from the virus. I hope so. Don't we? We hope. Hope is expectation that everything's going to be okay. Hope is that divine part of us that keeps our eyes focused on the horizon ahead and helps us look forward to tomorrow. Well, I hope tomorrow's going to be a better day than today. I hope things are going to be better. Right? I hope our country is going to turn to God. Amen. 
I hope it's going to happen, don't we? Amen. We have hope, even when we have no evidence of hope. Yeah. Amen. Don't we? Yeah. We hope. Hope is the life cord that sustains us through the storm we encounter. Things are bad today, but I hope they'll be better tomorrow. We're sick today, we hope it'll be better tomorrow. We have financial problems today, we hope we can find a way out of it tomorrow. We go to bed at night time and say, I know tomorrow, I hope tomorrow is better. Hope is the fizz that keeps life from going flat. For hope to stand strong, we must have support of faith, confidence, knowledge, and expectation of anticipation. We hope. So you see what hope is? So what is the basis for hope? Hope is God's presence. Paul said in Acts 27, 33 that we was read, For there stood by me this night an angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. As Christians, God has angels standing beside us. We know that for sure, don't we? God has angels to protect us. Remember what Elisha saw whenever he was uh, surrounded by the Syrians? And they said, what do we do? What is his, 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 servant, his servant says? He said, hey, what do we do? What are we doing? And Isaiah said, I mean, uh, Elijah says, Lord, open the eyes of my servant. He might see what I can see. And we looked, he saw legions of angels packed all around. See, Elisha wasn't worried. He had hope for tomorrow because he knew God was present with him. We as Christians know that God is with us. His presence is with us. We can have hope. We can have hope. We know what blessed hope is because we have God. We know what God has promised. His promises are true. We also know that God's message we can have hope in. In verse 24, he says, Fear not, Paul. This is what the messenger said to Paul. Fear not, Paul. That must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God has given thee all of them that sail with thee. You know what? This world today is sustained by we who are Christians. I listened to a message uh, this week with John MacArthur and John MacArthur says, you know what? When we're on the plane, where we're at, when we're flying, he said, I'm flying on the plane. The lost need to say, thank you for being here. Because see, until God is through with you, you're safe. And John MacArthur says, I know I got more to do, so therefore I'm not worried about this plane going down. And the people with me are safe. Why? Because I'm on this plane. See, if God's got more for you to do as a Christian, God will never. I had a pastor that said, you know what? I, I don't want to be here any longer than God wants me to be here. Until God is still with me. And until God is still with you, you're going to be here. Yeah. Amen. You understand that? Yeah. As a Christian, nothing can come your way that's going to hinder you from leaving until God is still with you. Because if God has a plan for you, his plan is true. So you can hope on that. Yeah. So Christians and this people in this world owe the world to us. Oh, the United States. The United States is safe today not because of their stupidity. But it's safe because God has Christians in this, in this nation that are still fighting for what's right. Amen. And America, with all its faults, which are many, is still one of the greatest outreaches for the cause of Christ in the world today. Amen. We pray more, we give more, we love more, we win more than any other nation in the world, even today. You understand that? God's not fooling America. America's doing his best to try to hinder it. But God's not fooling America. We can sell hope. So God's message. God's love will never change. 
We know we can open that in John 3 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. See, God love will never change. He loved the world, not just the saved. He loves the lost. Amen. God is not willing that anyone should perish, but that all come to repentance. See, God loves everybody. Yes. Good, bad, or otherwise. He does not rejoice when one soul goes into hell, no matter how bad they were. You understand that? Mm-hmm. He's not willing that any should perish. Matthew 24, 34, God's word will never change. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word shall not pass away. We can have hope in that. So we see, yep, God's purposes will never change. We can have hope in that. Romans 11, 29 says, For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. God's not going to change what he promised us. His promises are true. And finally, God's support will never leave us. Hebrews 13, 5 says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. We can have hope in those promises of God. So we see what hope is. We see the message of hope. Well, let's look at a few hope stealers. Things that can steal our hope. First of all, storms come in our life, especially steady storms. Storms that are so severe that they turn our ships loose and let the wind carry wherever it wants. That's what happened to Paul's life, didn't it? Yeah. It was so bad that they finally said, We can't do it anymore. You know, Carrie Underwood had a song many years ago that said, Jesus, take the wheel. Remember that song? Where she just had to let go because she couldn't control anything. Have you been in that life? Where you just got to let go because you can't do anything, there's nothing you can do. But all hope is gone. When storms can steal our can steal our hope. We have problems in our lives. Seems bigger than our faith. Some of us face situations in our life that we just struggle with and we see no way out. I just don't know how I'm gonna get out of this. I just don't know what I'm going to do. I just don't know. You been there? Those are hope stealers. Because we can see the situation we're in, and those situations can prevent us from having hope. Sickness. You know, we get sick. We have other people sick. We have our loved ones that are sick. And we see that they get sick, and they die. There's a poor man wants to die and then the judgment. We don't get out of this world alive, folks, unless we rapture. We all hope for that, so. Yeah, amen. Right? We hope amen. for the rapture. We do. We hope for the rapture. Yeah. And God pointed a man who wants to die and then the judgment. So unless the rapture occurs, we'll all face death. And guess what? Healthy people either don't die. Unless they die in an accident. You understand what I'm saying? <clears throat> so the point is, all of us have to face it. But well, we can face it with hope for tomorrow. Because God has a promise for us, right? So sicknesses sometimes steal our faith. Broken relationships. You know, broken marriages and broken families and broken friendships and broken churches. I was uh, passing through a friend of mine and I was going to be, uh, I, I worked for the state of North Carolina in charge of programs across the state for education. Career and technical education, so I'm in charge of public safety program, firefighter, EMT, law enforcement, uh, uh, emergency management. I do uh, advanced manufacturing, that's three of my forte. And we also do uh, programs for drone technology. I have a lot of stuff. You're on my Facebook page, you saw I did a drone video on my new 
of our, our, our sometimes did a video that um, puts music to it as a more to it. But but the, the, the deal is we were we were at a conference in Atlantic Beach and, and uh, we had a little afternoon time and so we just went riding around, a friend and I, and we went driving down to down uh, towards Beaufort and we got into the Beaufort and, and and every single corner had a different church. I mean, there's got to be in that little town of Beaufort, there's got to be 50 churches. I'm telling you, there's a church on every corner. I mean, we're talking four corners or four churches. It's amazing. I looked up with my friend and I said, you see how many churches? He said, yes. And you know what I mean? He said, what? I said, it means they can't get along. <laughs> Isn't that what it means? I mean, why would you have so many churches in a small town of Beaufort? Because they can't get along. You know, sometimes we have uh, broken relationships that hinder our hope. Then we lose sight of the goal sometimes. We lose sight of the goal. Yeah. Keeping your eyes on the goal and always, gener always generates hope. Doesn't it? If you keep your eyes on the goal, if you're trying to lose weight, you weigh. You hope your weight going down, not up. But some days it fluctuates, and the more you weigh, you can see that it kind of goes its way anyway. So a bad day, you can hope tomorrow will be better day. Right? Taking your eyes off the goal and other things can steal your hope. There's a story of a lady named Florence Chadwick. You remember her, her? Florence Chadwick. Well, she was actually the first woman to swim the English Channel both ways. Now, she didn't quite make it on her first attempt. And it wasn't the cold water. It wasn't the sharks. It wasn't the 15-hour swim. It was the fact that fog rolled in. And she couldn't see the purpose. She quit a half a mile from her boat. When she got out of the water, she said, I'm not trying to make excuses. But I feel that it, I feel like if the fog hadn't been there and I could have seen the land, I would have made it. She later tried again. Fog rolled in again. This time she knew that the coastline was there. She completed her journey. In fact, she did it two hours faster than she did the first time. She knew the goal was there. She kept her eyes on the goal. She didn't allow her surroundings to fog of her view of the goal. She knew where the goal was. So now we see those are things that can hinder us. So what causes these storms? Not every storm is their own fault. You know, Paul tried to talk these people out of traveling, didn't he? He said, you don't need to travel. It's not going to be good. But they didn't listen to him. You know, we can and we should stand for right things in our society and against ungodly things such as abortion. Abortion to me is one of the worst things you can have. But I'm just telling you. And you're willing to murder unborn babies so that you can steal their so that you can steal their skin and their cells. That's horrible, isn't it? Amen. Um, we, however, seem to elect officials. Who have no sanctity for life. Yeah. Right. Put them in charge. 
And then we wonder what happened. Um, this leaves us as citizens of a nation that fights against God. America, the land of the free, the home of the brave, the nation, one nation under God. Under God? Abortion is not under God. Some of the other immoralities that we could go down and make a, make a, a list of. You can make your own list. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. There's plenty of things out there that are not under God. So some things that are hindering us, some of our failures that we're going to see, or that we have seen in America, that we will face, is a direct result of other people's stupidity. You know what stupidity is? I thought I could. But when I told my kids that if they failed my class, it's because they were dumb or stupid. Now let me explain. Dumb is people that are born without the ability to know right and wrong. They're dumb. That's not being trying to be ugly to them. They just weren't born with the ability. You know what I'm saying? And there's nothing wrong with that. There's some really happy people who don't have the ability to understand at an adult level. But stupidity is both. I'm telling my kids, stupidity is knowing to do right and doing wrong. Yeah. Now that's just stupid. Isn't it? Yeah. I've done some stupid things in my lifetime, haven't you? I knew better, but I did it anyway. That's just stupid. I even said to myself, man, that was stupid. Don't you? So America has done some stupid things. Amen. Knowing to do right and doing wrong. And um, so it leads us fighting against God. So we see not every story is our own fault. People refusing to listen to God's instructions. Paul had a message that the captain needed, didn't he? He had a message. He gave the message to the captain, to the people in charge. Listen, don't do it. Paul presented his message and his reasons. But the captain chose to go a different direction. You know, we warn people today about what God wants for their lives. You know, many simply refuse to accept those truths, even when they know it's true. Yeah. Even when they know it's true. I have a string going on right now on Facebook, and I don't want to get into those things. I use Facebook for three purposes. I use it, one purpose I use it is to promote what we do at the state because sometimes the news media won't tell you what we're doing at the Department of Public Instruction. All the great things we're doing, they don't want to talk about the good things on the bad things. So I publish that what I do for my work. Number two is I do it for my family so that my family knows what's going on. I spent 17 years today, you know, my family and my friends. And the last thing I do it for, which is probably the most important thing, is my witnessing tool. See, I can preach to people over Facebook that I can't say a word to them at my job because it's against the rules. But you volunteered to turn my Facebook. You see my point? Facebook, social media is a great way to witness to people. But sometimes if you're not careful, we get trapped in the discussion. Even through social media, you know what I'm saying. And we have a discussion going on right now with a lady who, who is talking about uh, abortion and she wants to talk about women's rights. To me, women's rights and abortion are two different things. People pay for equal work, sure, why would you do that? Yeah. They should have the same rights as everyone else has. But murdering unborn babies, ain't nobody got that right. Amen. 
But we're having a discussion. My point is, she, and the truth is, and she says, well, as Christians, as Christians, yeah, I'm still a Christian. You're a Christian, believe in love and kill. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to talk a lot about that. You need to write God. Uh, and I don't want to make this message out of voice. I'm just using that because that's one of the most common things in our society today that really sets the tone, doesn't it? I said you could pick a different one. But that one really stands out as most. So uh, we see that people know the truth even when they know it's correct. They choose to do something different. This captain knew the truth, but he chose to go a different way. Yeah. Poor choices. It said, if you read that verse, it said that there was a soft wind. So when they made their decision, they were looking for a soft wind. In other words, it's not a hard wind. It's blowing in the wrong direction, but it's not a hard wind. It's not bad. It's not something we can't sell with. So we're gonna we're gonna still do it here. When there's a soft wind, we can make it. I think we can make it anyway. You know, sometimes I wonder that way when Christians make their decisions about who they support in politics. You know, well, it's not as bad as something else. Well, here, instead of listening to reason that Paul brought to them, they decided they liked option two better, even though they knew the consequences were wrong. When the soft wind blew, it was what they wanted. So quickly agreed to make the decision. When the soft wind, well, I'm waiting on that now. That's good. I'm going to do it. We're going to do it. It's not strong wind. We can make it. It's not a time to travel. It's a bad time to travel. You're not going to make it. I'm going to tell you it's really bad. Yeah, but the wind is nice. I think we can make it. I think we can make it. How many of you have been in decisions in your life when you knew that it was wrong? But Things look like it might be okay. Maybe we can do okay. So I'm going to go ahead and do it. Yeah. And then when it hits you the wrong way, you said, I do better. Right? We make decisions sometimes. Me and everybody can see hard times coming if they choose certain paths, but the soft wind blowing gives them that false sense of security. You know, today we have this philosophy that everything can be free. We've heard that free education, free health care, free. There's no such thing as a free lunch. Amen. It's just not. Yeah. Somebody pays the bill. Amen. It has to be. Yeah. It has to be. I mean, it's only logical. Yeah. There's no such thing as free. I got the place where I, when I offer something to somebody and we have, we pay from statewide membership to pay for our schools, I don't say, here, this is free. No, it's not free. I say, this is fee paid. You know, they, this is fee paid because there's no such thing as free. Now, if they want to say fee paid health insurance, fee paid uh, college tuition, okay, I can do that. It's fee paid, right? It's not free. But it's a fee free. So, uh, but we see uh, uh, in America that, uh, that we know that it's not sustainable. Yet, our desires for that outweighs the reality. Yeah. So it loses our hope. We ignore the seasons. By the very nature around us, we can see what's happening if we only open our eyes. These experienced sailors knew what was happening if they just looked around, but they chose not to look around because they didn't think what they wanted. Yeah. It wasn't what they wanted to see. They kept their eyes closed because they didn't want to see the truth. Because they didn't want to stay there in this place. They wanted to go another place. That would be a better place to winter in. Again, our society sees this happening today. The deficit is so high. Nobody in politics today is talking about the deficit anymore. You know that? Nobody. Yeah. Nobody. They're not conservative Republicans. They're not anybody talking about the deficit. All they're talking about is how can we fund more 
debt. More money to give to other people. Amen. Am I right? Yeah. You see, I mean, we know, we know that we're ignoring the seasons. Yeah. We're ignoring the seasons. We do this in our lives and we see signs of what is happening, but choose the fleshly desires over the godly needs. You know, we as Christians need to be financially secure. We need to get our finances under control. It's easy to spend, to borrow, to spend, to borrow, to spend. But you know what? Then we're controlled by the man. Amen. That's right. I uh, listened to uh, a guy on the radio. Uh, his name leaves me right now. He's a big financial advisor. Um, can't think of his name right now, but but uh, he says that you need to you need to save your money or pay off your debt. So that one day you can spend like nobody else's spends. You know what I mean? Because you can give like no one else gives. You don't have debt, all this debt smothering you. You can be generous to keep that up and running. Yeah. More so, God can use you in a mighty way to give to others if you weren't burdened down by debt. We see the seasons. We ignore the seasons. Pushing the limits, taking chances simply to fill our selfish desires. Desiring comfort over safety. The crew knew the place that they were at was not a paradise. And so instead of staying where they were, they were willing to risk it all to go to a place that they felt would be more enjoyable. Sometimes we as Christians uh, are asked by God to be in situations that are uncomfortable. Even worse, because we did not trust God to lead us, um, that provides us a situation where we lose hope. If you're where God wants you to be, then you won't have hope. Amen. Uh, the last one, is, I mean, the next one is basing decisions on temporary situations. God has a long-term plan, and so should the Christian. Don't let small situations destroy your hope. I, I, I heard this statement. When I first started teaching school many years ago, I was told this. If you like what you have, be thankful. It won't last. If you don't like what you have, be patient. It won't last either. Isn't that right? If you like what you have, be thankful because it won't last. If you don't like what you have, be patient because it won't last either. I try to live by that in life because I found that, I found that to be very true. Patience uh, is an important thing. I'm hoping that things change. Right? Lastly, doing things we know are reckless. These sailors knew that leaving the port and they traveling would be very unsafe. When we know the things are going, we are doing is not wise, but we continue to do them, we can destroy our hope by destroying our relationship with the Father who gives us hope. You know, if you've got things in your life that's hindering you, if there's sin in your life that's unrepentant, if there's habits that you're doing that you're addicted to that are sinful, that's recklessness. That steals your hope. So what does hope do? Well, hope encourages. Acts 27, 22, we said, And now I go to, to be a good chief, for there shall no loss of any man's life among you, brothers and children. Hope gives you encouragement. Mm-hmm. 
Hope helps us to remember when we never, we are never out of God's reach. Right? The angels laid inside Paul. We're never outside of God's reach. David said, if I, if I climb to the highest mountain, thou art there. If I descend to the lowest hell, thou art there also. No way to go that God can't reach me. Hope restores. Right? It gives you expectations. Yeah. Hope gives us back energy. Right? If you hope for a better day, you want to get up and face that day. Aren't you? Hope gives us a purpose for our lives. Hope helps us to make it through the valleys. Hope helps us look beyond our present and look towards the future. So my question is that what are you holding on to to keep you afloat in the storms? The ship crew had four anchors to hold them down. Uh, what are your anchors? I see we have an anchor of faith. We have the presence of God. We know where we're going. And we have confession that I believe in God. Those are four anchors that we can hold on to even during times of storm. Amen. I, I, I want to leave with you today several words from God's Word that you can put your trust in. And I think these are important words, and I tried to cut them out, but I could not because God's Word is more important than David Barter's Word. Psalm 56 says, My enemies would daily swallow me up if they be many that fight against me. O thou most high, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. In God will I praise his word. In God I put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. Psalm 118, it is better to trust in God than to put confidence in man. Matthew 6, take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. 2 Timothy 1.7 For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. Peter said, Casting all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. Hebrews 11.1 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Are you trusting God in the storm? He's the only way for us to survive. Amen. We put our trust in Him no matter what comes our way. Our hope is in Him and Him alone. You know, I am confident that my God can do People say, well, you know, you can hear people say, well, God can't lift a creative strong too good for him to lift. Well, first of all, that's a stupid question. <laughs> but you know what? If he needed to, he would. Yeah. He said, well, that's impossible. My God's in the impossible business. I mean, that's right. My God can do anything. I The question is, will he? Yeah. So when all hope is gone, will still remain hope in God. Let's pray. Dear Lord, it's like we have this opportunity we can study from your word. We can see, Lord, that hope, when all hope is gone, it's not. We trust in you. 
You are our hope. You are our strength. All things are possible through you. As a song today, all things are possible because of you. We thank you, Lord, for all you do for us. We pray now, Lord, that if we have lost our hope, that, Lord, you would give us that renewed spirit. Lord, show us that we can have hope in the midst of the storms of life, that there's nothing that is too big for you. And Lord, if there's someone here today that don't know you as a personal Savior, I pray, Lord, today that you would give them that new hope. For without Christ, there is no hope. But Lord, with him, there's no reason not to. We thank you, Lord, for all you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.